I help others, I help my clients get through mental roadblocks when it comes to sex and relationships. So a lot of the time it's it's trying to get rid of that stigma and then these cog these negative cognitive distortions that have kind of grown throughout the years because we're ingrained as since since childhood like these are your expected gender roles this is how you deal with sex you don't talk about it from the top make it drop that's somewhere now get a bucket and a mop that's somewhere i'm talking walk 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 that's somewhere macaroni in a pot that's somewhere from the top. <laughs> i can't stop <laughs> listening to that Welcome back to the Selfie Welcome Show. Welcome back. Happy 2021, everyone. <laughs> I can't believe it's 2021. Holy How? smokes. How do we get here? I don't even know. I still write 2019 when I check out my med bag at work. <laughs> so what happened? I don't understand. Hey, but guys. it is Capricorn season. It's oh, my birthday month. It's it January. Is. Your birthday's coming up. What is it? Today's oh, Sunday? Yeah. It's on Thursday? Yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna be old. Queen. Yes, queen. What are your plans for your birthday? Okay, actually, I am so excited. I saw this on TikTok because I'm a millennial that likes to watch TikTok. You're starting to participate in, in TikTok. Can I just say, it makes me so mad that these little fucks that are like 18 years old with dangle earrings are so good at making TikToks. Why are they so good? And I used to make MySpace layouts with glitter sparkles i used to add like embed music videos like destiny's child soldier Queen. my myspace layouts were popping and yeah. i cannot make a tiktok to we save invented my life. the internet yeah Thank we you. did yeah and i seriously spent like an hour trying to make one easy tiktok and it was trash and i was like so upset and i was like these little assholes are millionaires i uh, of doing crap dances tiktok for me but I love was TikTok. a um can't beat them join them moment like i was oh, like we yeah, have to do it that's true i will not lie to the okay as far as crossing from tiktok to instagram it definitely does help with your growth which is crazy to me well i need all the help i can get it <laughs> <laughs> was a you know i i started doing a little bit over there we're dabbling but hey guys welcome back to the show all right. So. Happy 2021. All right. Uh, for those of you who don't know us, uh, my name is Tori. I'm the founder, co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a Nikki nurse, blogger, grad school student, and podcaster. And I am Sam. Every time I say that, I think of like Sam I am. <laughs> I am Sam. Sam I am. Um, I'm a flight nurse. I'm a nursing professor, power lifter, co-host of The Selfie Show. Mm -hmm. And today we're talking off the clock about Sex. sex the s word woohoo we okay spicy. we wanted to start this year off particularly spicy yes and we, we want, are yeah we want to have some fun with it um okay so you guys first of all before we dive in um so we're recording this morning neither sam nor i are morning people no when you texted me the eta i was like nine Nine o'clock. Okay, Nine so Sam set the time. Let's just be very honest. Okay, so Sam set the time this morning. Neither of us are morning people, which really does terrify both of us for when we have kids because, like, mornings literally are, like, dreadful. Honestly, me. they better learn to pour their own milk. <laughs> and cereal. Figure it out. Figure, Figure it out. out. Okay, so why did we decide to <laughs> do our morning recording, Miss Samantha? Because... A girl has got to look good, feel good, right? Yeah. So what? I turned 35 on Thursday. I'm having a hard time with that emotionally. Okay, yeah. 
Um, I real tea, you know. Like all of last year, I was like, I'm in my early 30s. Granted, I'm 34. One might say that's mid 30s. I did not. I called that early 30s. I can't say that after Thursday. Mm. Yeah, but you know what? I've always been okay with like getting older, but then I found like a gray hair last week and I had a full meltdown. It was on Mm. Christmas and I had my sister Sharpie it. (laughs) And I was like crying on Christmas for gray hair. Get out the Sharpie. Yeah, because I was like, what else am I going to do? I heard it's bad to pluck them. So I didn't want to do that. Plus, I don't have a lot of hair. So I was like, I need every strand I can get. I can't just be plucking all the grays. I'm going to be bald. So I had my sister Sharpie it. So this has just been like, I know other people maybe get gray hair a little bit earlier. I have not. So this is, it's all just happening very fast. Mm -hmm. But I figured what better way to feel better about turning 35 than to look hot as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm here for this moment. So what yeah. are you doing? I'm I'm having a little bit of a photo shoot. Just oh. like a little sexy moment. You know what? For myself. I love this for you. Actually, like you're getting one. So I'm making a coffee <laughs> table book of like Kim Kardashian. Basically just all my sexy like selfie nudes. Well, they're professional ones. But and then I'm just like going to give them to people. Whether they want it or not, I'm going to be like, here's a sexy ass little coffee table book. I'm really excited for this, uh, honestly. It's going to be a moment. Yeah. I've got like props. I've got like a little cake. I've got champagne. I've got, you know, gold and pink everything. Are you going to share these on Instagram? Like, are we going to have that? Like, who's going to get, who's going to have access to these? You're going to have the. Only fans. (laughs) (laughs) Only fans account. Honestly, 2021, it's getting tough out here. I want a new car. Don't know. Can we, can I also say this? Um, I'm putting her up on blast right now. My cousin just started an OnlyFans. You guys, this is where my family's at. Okay. She's probably making a killing. Yes, she is. It's killing me. Mind you, she's doing things that I I don't think should be on the internet, but it's fine. (laughs) She's, she's killing it. It's better for them to make their own money than to let someone else profit off of them. Mm -hmm. I am here for OnlyFans. Me too. Like you. She's not doing anything with anybody else. No, and it's like own it yourself instead of letting someone, like someone paying you to showcase your body and your sexuality or whatever it is. You're the one that controls your own content and gets all the money. Get it, girl. (laughs) Just saying, that's my backup career plan if all else fails. (laughs) TikTok or OnlyFans. There we go. Like 2021, I got to be open to opportunities. Here we go. Here we go. But yeah, it's going to be like, you know, a sexy Sexy little moment today, and I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of which, okay, so single girl tip of yeah. the week. What's your single girl tip? I think it is, like, about that because yeah, I think you just need to be able to, like, embrace. Okay, so I think it's totally okay to be modest, and I think it's totally okay to be, like, sexy and show some skin. I think it's okay to choose what empowers you and what you feel mm-hmm. comfortable with. Yeah. I think it's when you start to sit there and then like go too aggressive by saying that like it's okay to like own your nudity and own your sexuality and it's like okay but it's just as okay to be modest and cover up too if that mm-hmm. makes you feel sexy. Yeah. But whatever makes you feel sexy, I feel like you should own and like be proud of it. Totally. Especially in 2021. Like last year was a shit show. So if anything this year like, do what makes you happy. Do what makes you feel good. And if that's 35 and still taking booty pics, then you do yes. you, boo. Plus, I mean, if you're single, I'm going to spice it up a little um, bit. Yes, please. It's nice to just, like, make yourself feel a little good. The only thing is, like, okay, the, then these pictures, I can't put them on my Hinge profile because it's, like, a total catfish moment. 
Because I guarantee you, I will never show up on a date with hair extensions in and fake eyelashes on. Like, I just do not. So here's the thing. Some people jokingly call me a catfish. Some of my friends. I'm obsessed. And I'm like, I, I'll take that as a compliment. Okay, it means I look thing. good in those pictures. You look really freaking good. When you put it together, Sam, it, you look amazing. So, so I don't look like that. Like, oh. I look like that. It's point. not catfish if it's actually you, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, so I'm not a catfish. I just, granted, I look like that 1% like three days of the year. <laughs> three it's days out of you. the year, I look like that. But the whole point is that I have the potential to look like yeah. that. I just choose to not. <laughs> look like that most of the time but because of that I can't go put these like professional looking like glam shots on my hinge profile because I'm gonna show up on the date and they're gonna be like you can have one because then it's like okay this is what I you know when I put it together hey this is what I am this is the potential but (laughs) also I just don't want to set them up for like disappointment because that is not the version you are getting access to oh well all the time Every like now that. and then. Every now and then. All right. Married girl. What are we working with? Okay. So um, one of the questions that has been posed to me is like kind of like along the lines of feminist moment. And it's funny because I was watching David Letterman's um, My Next Guest and he interviewed Melinda Gates, um, Bill Gates' wife. And who, by the way, is she's she's worked for IBM. She went to, I think, Duke University. She worked for Microsoft when it was like a startup, you know, so this is like a badass. Like she is like she runs helps run. She just wants to microchip you, Tori. (laughs) Totally. She she definitely does. I'm here for it. You can microchip me all you want. I'm getting my second vaccine on Wednesday, getting microchipped again. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, we are. We both are. Yes. Here we go. Um, And it's funny because she she talks about. Um, the whole idea of like women having a seat at the table, especially when it comes to like CEOs and like women really having an empowerment moment. And her whole thing is like it really starts in the home setting. And so something that they initiated in their home is when their first daughter was born, they made an agreement together that um, Bill was going to drive their daughter to school twice a week. And so, you know, things started, you know, th- time went on and it, I guess she went to like a PTA meeting and all the moms were like thanking her for, or, you know, thanking them for that. And they're like, now our husbands are starting to drive, you know, our kids to school. And it's funny because like they were basically saying like, well, if Bill Gates can drive their kids to school, then why Preach can't, it. yeah, Got then why can't there. you? So, you know, kind of the whole idea of like leading by example. And it's funny because in our household, and I hope that this follows through and we have kids, but we have a pretty like even leveled, I would say, playing field as far as like what's expected in the household. Like, like, for example, Jacob will help me with the laundry. He will help me with buying groceries. Um, And I hope that follows suit when we have kids. I'm sure it will. Wait, he does the laundry? Yes. Okay, I need to get married. Okay. Because <laughs> I ain't doing laundry. Helps. If I have to marry someone just for them to do my laundry, then put a ring on it. Keyword, keyword helps. Fun there are certain goals. things I will say that he does not do or will not do. Like making the bed, absolutely not. He will not do that. He won't. Like he'll get out of bed and like if I, if I, because usually when I go to work, I'm the one out of bed first. And so when I come home, it's definitely not made. That's fine. I can, you know what? It is what it is. Um, but I feel like the whole idea of like leading by example and also the idea of sharing household things, Mm -hmm. I think is like actually really important. Like there's no way I could 
do this podcast, do the blog, be in grad school, work, you know, without help in the sense in our household if we want to have a good marriage. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if you want to have time for ourselves and you want to be able to like, we want to keep our relationship, you know, on track and things like that, I need help. And so I think that's actually kind of a thing where I really encourage, you know, women and also partners to kind of, you know, take on those roles together and kind of figure out also like what you're good at and what you're not good at. Like, it's not that you say like, oh my gosh, you have to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, well, where can you help me pick up the slack where like I can't or, you know, play up each other's strengths and weaknesses, I guess, you know? And I'm I here for that. it's like communication thing too, of kind mm-hmm. of deciding what works for you. Like if it's kind of known that there are certain chores I particularly hate. Right. Um, I know with my ex, like I did not want to take out the trash ever. Yeah. Like zero percent. Right. And I was like, as much as I am like strong, independent woman, don't need no man. Now I have to take out my own. <laughs> Actually, no, I have valet trash service where I live. I just leave it by my door and they oh, collect it every amazing. night. Oh, yeah. hey, I, I didn't even know I'm that. I'm like living my best life, you guys. <laughs> I don't even have to take my trash out. But um, I think it was kind of like decided upon like, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. And that's always going to be your job. But I think when you have like those clear expectations yeah. of each other, it kind of eliminates yeah any issues and I think it's like sometimes okay to go with like traditional yeah if you want to totally if that works for you but I still think it needs to be a partnership and a balance and then I think it's totally also okay to like flip the script and have very like non-traditional roles but it's a matter of like you've communicated it and you both feel at peace with like having an equal partnership yeah totally I mean and I think think you guys set such a good foundation (laughs) That's what we hope. But I do think like the idea of, of women having a seat at a table yes. in big, powerful positions is it it is really important. Like we do need to have women in those roles and it does start in the household. Like that's kind of the whole idea. And I think having that, you know, I think that's cool important. for kids to grow up and see that about their parents, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's role like modeling it. Role model that I would want like my kids to see one day. Yeah. Starts in the house. Woohoo. OK, this is a really good one this week. Um, it's a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Sam actually got this one. You want to dive sure. in? At what point in your life did you decide healthcare was the direction you wanted to go? Was there a moment in your life that sparked that decision? Any regrets or anything you wish you had done differently? This is such a loaded question, oh but it's so gosh. good. Okay, so I I did have a moment and I didn't have a moment. It's kind of hard to explain. Okay, so my grandma had a stroke when I was, I think I was 16 years old. She, um, I was at the time, I was at skating practice. <laughs> yes, I was a skater. We are not, we're not going to talk about that. But anyway, um, I called her and she wasn't really, she wasn't making sense. All these, I could tell something was wrong. Long story short, fast forward, I went to her house, figured it out something was off, called 911, and she was having an active stroke. Um, so I was the one that went with her to the hospital, and um, throughout her care, she actually had a really bad experience at the hospital where the nurses, I think, were just either they were really busy and weren't able to get to her. So then you know, I just took it upon myself to kind of almost do like the nurse role. Like I was giving her a bath. I was sort of like getting her changed. I asked for linen. I just was doing it. And this was at 16. Like, I don't know. It just kind of came naturally. But I think that wasn't really even the moment. It's more of I have I truly feel like for me personally, 
Um, it was just something I was really called to. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just feel like it was in my blood to kind of get into the medical field. Like, I've always been really interested in science. I've always been really interested in how to help people in general. And that sounds like a super, I don't know, cliche cliche way to say it. Um, fun fact, I do have I have a brother, half brother who's 60 years old. One day, that. one day you guys will go into that whole situation. Um, but he's actually he's a surgeon. And it's funny because we didn't grow up in the same household. By no means did we, I didn't even know him until I was 30, almost 30 years old. Um, but it, it's kind of funny because I feel like he kind of had the same experience where he just felt like he was really called to it. And he just, um, it, the grit and like the, the bearing down and just knowing that's what you were meant to do for some reason, it just kind of resonated as far as something that I would do differently. I don't know. I don't think there is. I mean, my everyone knows here my my path to becoming a nurse was not easy. I mean, I but I don't think there's anything I would have really done differently in my nursing process. Like, I think that's just my journey was what it was supposed to be. Um, the only thing that I think I would maybe have thought about or I maybe would have considered was if I was going to choose another route, maybe PA would have been my route. Like, I think actually becoming a PA because that, if I'd started that earlier, maybe that's a route I would have gone. I don't know because it's, it's an advanced practice, um, role and it's super flexible, almost like how nursing is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was called to it. I love it. I love being a nurse. Um, I also really love the stability. Like, you know, I will always have a job. Essential. We're essential. I will always have, you know, I will always have the ability to make an impact on someone's life. Um, I love that I can have the flexibility of working one or three or four days a week. I get to choose that. Don't say four. I know. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Never again. Never, Never again. again. Um, yeah, I do love the degree. I love being a nurse. Um, I also do love this idea of like, we can also be content creators. Anyway. Okay. What's your thoughts so on that? So I didn't even decide I wanted to go into nursing until I was already 21 and like halfway done with a psychology degree. And then I was working at a group home for teenagers. And I was working with a girl that had graduated from Cal Poly, which is a great school with a psych degree. And she's making $10 an hour with me. And I'm sitting there like, so what am I going to do with that psych degree? Without then having to get a master's degree, I, I wanted to be a therapist, I wanted to be like an LMFT. If I did that, though, I'm like, all right, I have to go to grad school. And then even once you're done with that, you really got to grind before you can like make a living mm -hmm. doing that. And my one of my good friends at the time, her sister was a nurse and she had the raddest schedule and always had money. And yeah. I was like, well, I don't well, I didn't know anything about nursing. No one like. I didn't grow up in this family, like long line yeah, of nurses. Same, same. I didn't really, my parents were never sick. Like I didn't have a lot of exposure to the hospital setting really at all. So I didn't know much about the role of a nurse, what they did or anything. But with being a psych major, I always wanted to help people. And then I realized I, I've been one of those people that's obsessed with like pimple popping videos and like Ugh. earwax removal and like surgery things and just like gross yeah. Medical stuff, when I took microbiology, I'm like, show me bacteria and fungus and like just 
all the gross stuff. You're into stuff. wounds. I'm not into I wounds. love wound care. No. Oh my God, let me yeah, pack no. a wound. Um, I I'm on the opposite end, guys. I, no, no. I love it. <laughs> so once I kind of realized how much like gross stuff there was in nursing, I was like, mm. so here for this. So then I decided I wanted to like go into nursing. And I'm not going to like lie. Definitely I'm not one of those people where I was like, I was called to this profession. I was like, this is stable. Yeah. I'm going to be able to graduate and support myself. And I think that's a big thing is I've always worked since the time I was actually in junior high working for my dad's farm, like low key. Yeah. Um, but even through high school, college, I've always had a job. I've always worked. I've always wanted to be financially independent. So the idea of once I graduate, I can actually fully support myself in a stable career was very appealing. And then as I got into nursing more and started like pursuing the actual degree in itself and all of that, I really started to see how many options there were. And then I became super just into the world of nursing. And that's why I even got my master's in leadership because I was so into just the possibilities that nursing could take you. And then I've been a big advocate. I've helped so many people. My sister, my little sister became a nurse after me. Yeah, there's two of you now. Yeah, she's a peds oncology nurse. Mm -hmm. She works at the same hospital as me. I'm like, why are you so obsessed with me? (laughs) You literally follow me everywhere. And steal my clothes. And actually, she'll, like, come down. She used to, when we, I used to work night shift, she still works night shift, she'd text me on break and be like, what did you bring to eat? And then she'd come on her break and steal my food. Rude. I'm like, don't so work rude. with your sister at the same hospital. And Sam does not food. share food. Let's just no, put I'm that out No, I'm hungry there. all the time. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, like, kind of my nursing journey. What would I do differently? I think... And that's still something now that I'm really exploring in 2021 is just with all this content creating in this podcast is the ability to be your own boss. And I think Tori and I are really kind of trying to own that and just flourish in that role this year because I have never been meant to, I can't be contained. Yeah. I can't do a nine to five job. Yeah. There's no career that I could think of that I would have a normal nine to five job or a desk job. And no offense to the people that do that. Like I just, can't. And I just have a personality where I am just, I don't know, I'm like a stubborn racehorse or something. Yeah. Like I just cannot be tamed we very well. We can't tame you for sure. And so I yeah. honestly, I owned my own business when I was 19. I owned um, a competitive cheerleading team, like had a business checking account, collected yeah. like monthly payments from parents, processed it, like you signed them girl. all up for competitions, ordered their uniforms, like did camps. All these things at 19, I seriously ran my own business. Mm-hmm. And that's just how my mind works is just hustler mode. So I think if it was that I didn't do, if I did anything differently, it would have been starting some sort of my own business yeah. instead of going into any sort of traditional career. Actually, that's kind of funny. I think that's sort of along the lines where I'm at as well. I think that's the one the hard part I will say in the medical field for someone like Sam and I is feeling like the clock in and clock out is really monotonous. Like no matter after a certain amount of years, you just get like the beginning. I feel like there should be like the five stages of nursing, there right? Is, like, though. you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like the beginning you're thrilled. You love it. And then you get into stage two where you're like settling in and I feel good. And then stage three where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm like the expert on, on the unit or one of the leads. And then it starts becoming, you're on the other end of like, what's next, what's next, what's mm-hmm. next. Or, and that's when know. I went back and got my master's degree and yeah. you got your master's degree yeah, or you're getting your master's my, degree. And mm-hmm. I, I the think the thing about the hospital can be really, yeah, 
can be tough. And I think the flexibility in nursing to be able to pursue side projects is great. Yes. Because we have the schedule that we do, that allows Tori and I to do this podcast. It allows us to pursue other things. So I am grateful that I am in a career that I love and that allows me to pursue other passions as well. Yeah. And I think that also goes kind of along the lines of like RN, RTs, firefighters, police officers, even like there's a lot of like those, these types of roles that do allow for a side hustle, which I, I do really like. And I think that's, it's kind of cool because you can have the stability of what we're doing. You can, you can always pick up more shifts. You can always find a new hospital. You can always find a new role but then also be able to pursue your thing. And I think that's something we both really, really value is like being able to ha- be our own boss. Yes. And to make these decisions and to work in a business. I do. I like that. I like the the entrepreneur side of things. But nursing does fulfill my um, adrenaline junkie side of being mm. in the ICU and then now doing the flight nursing and everything. When you're really having a critical par- care patient and you're like 6,000 feet up in the air – Woo! You're, you're pumping. It's yeah. good. I'm actually going skydiving for my birthday oh. this week. Did I? Even, I didn't even tell you that. No, you didn't. Yeah, I'm going skydiving. That's so fun. Okay, wait. When did this? Happen? I don't know. I How just did this happen? It randomly on Sunday. Love it. What else am I gonna do? Yeah, highly oh, recommend. Today's Sunday. I don't know. I booked it like a couple days ago. I've never been. We did it. Uh, we went for a someone who flies in a helicopter. I'm actually so nervous to go skydiving. It is a little. It's well. Okay, so I loved everything about it. I love the takeoff. We went up. We did the jump. But I, I don't want to even put this in your head. But I got a little seasick on the way down. Oh, oh. I did. Like I got like it was like the chute went out or like we you know it's official. Like you're good. You're not gonna die. You're Something not gonna hit the ground. Barf. And then it was like Water. that swinging. I don't know. Something about it made me a little seasick. I haven't actually heard that from anyone. Yeah, I don't know why, but also my brother and I, we were always the ones to like barf in people's cars. Me too. My family, I was the Dramamine queen in my family. Every time we'd go up to the mountains, it was, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, well, that's exciting. All these things are coming up for you. Well, let's talk about sex. Let's get into it. Here we go, guys. Speaking of which. It is a very sexy January. It is the sexiest January in all of Januarys. And this is coming from someone who's born in January. Oh, yes. So. Okay. So this was a guest that, okay, Sam, I, you had to pick guests, right? This is the first guest that you chose. Obviously, because I was so excited. You asked me to be co-host yeah. and I looked at you and said, I know who I want my first guest to be. This was the first one I she was, chose. Like, I met her through Kind of Fit, Kind of Fat. She's an athlete there. And I told you, Tori, she's a sex coach. Yes. We need her on here. Yeah, because, okay, here's the thing. Like, we're healthcare providers, but we don't talk about this a lot. It's not something that we are really educated on very well, I don't think. Especially, like, modern day. Modern day sex, it's so different. I just feel like there's so many aspects that we we don't really talk about. It's not talked about. And normalized talking about sex, especially as us who provide services to people in the healthcare field. Yeah, and so I was really excited when you picked this beautiful woman that didn't so, cross from us. Maria Two Straps, sexandsquats.org, here in the house today. Welcome Hello. to the Selfie Show. Thank you so much. I feel so honored. We're so <laughs> We are so happy to have you here. We, I have been waiting so long to record this episode. I know. We, we were, I was super thrilled because I just feel like, first of all, I love sex. I'm, I, you know, self-proclaimed sexaholic over here. <laughs> 
This was the most fun we've had making show notes, too. Yeah, it was. It was. We had a lot of fun with getting all this together. So I, I saw the show notes and I was like, well, this is going to be spicy. This is going to be fun. You're like, oh, they want to talk, talk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for the audience yes. who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wait, well, first, oh, yeah. few straps. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> most important. Most important. Yeah, most important question. Let's start with that. Two straps. Where did this start? We want to know, you know. All right. Well, two straps. Maria, two straps. Well, that nickname came up. It was given to me by a group of friends, basically. And it was only supposed to be temporary. We gave each other different nicknames to something, blah, blah, blah. And then it just kind of stuck. I was like, this is catchy. I'm going to, I think I'm just going to keep going with this name, but yeah. only they know what it really means. Nobody, I it's haven't for the real revealed ones. it. It's very, it's, on, real it's ones. very on brand, you it's, know, it's whatever you want it to mean. <laughs> I know what so. I want it to mean. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah. I it could be it. two lifting straps. Could be, I don't know, two Glocks, two, two, two strap ons. I don't know. Whatever you want that, it, but... whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I need a cooler nickname. Work on it, Tori. Okay, we'll think about it. You I'm actually pretty it. good with this, these right. kinds of things. So. It's your homework. Yeah, yeah. Sassy wait. Samantha, Saucy Samantha. No. Yeah. You sleep on it. Okay, I'll let it go. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, tell us more about you, though. Oh, we geez. Well, yeah. We love journeys. We really want to know. Like, Yes, where, yes. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you. I'm so honored to be on this show. Thank you for thinking of me. Oh and I just, I love talking about sex, and I think this is something that should be normalized and I'm a sex educator, sex and relationships coach, and a personal trainer. Founder of sexandsquats.org because the best things in life make you sweaty. <laughs> Those so. are my two favorite things. <laughs> that is the best tagline I think I've heard. I hate Dunsey, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly the only form of cardio that I can co-sign for, too. Yeah, cardio that's why I got sucks. into powerlifting because I hate cardio, so I'm like... Facts. If I'm going to do cardio, it better become with a happy ending. Which fun fact about cardio. So this was a this is a sex researcher on Instagram that I follow, Justin Lay Miller. And he was talking about uh, Thanksgiving. And on average, the Thanksgiving meal is like 3000 calories. And then in about 20 minutes of sexual cardio activity, men can burn about 101 calories and women burn about 69. He calculated that after like a Thanksgiving meal, you need about 12 to 15 hours of, of cardio. Get it in. Get on it. Challenge <laughs> accepted. I think, what, we're in January now? I'm yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> First week, I nailed it. Accomplished. Accomplished. So when you were growing up, like, tell us a little bit about, like, you know. What, what made you you? How did yeah. you come into yourself and all of this? Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I grew up. The complete opposite of what I am now. I was passive. I was shy. I had long hair. I I thought I liked boys. And I was super Catholic and conservative. Immigrant family, conservative Filipino upbringing. I was the only child. And I just kind of, I just went along with it. I thought that was that. And then high school, when I was coming to terms with my sexuality, you know, our sex ed was shit. <laughs> Right. Fear still based. Is. Still it's is. like, yeah, don't get pregnant, don't have sex if you're gay, uh, whatever. I yeah. went to private school, so yeah. I can tell you when we talk about sex ed, how non-existent mine was growing oh, up. Oh, jeez. In private school. Yeah, seriously. Uh, same, same for me as well. I went to all-girl Catholic school, let's be real. What? Come on. I did not know no wonder. <laughs> yes. like, I'm a lesbian, and I would not even agree to that. <laughs> I would not even. <laughs> well, but it's a thing. Like, I do think, like, I we didn't grow up with good sex education Mm -mm. period Mm -mm. i do think we're hopefully we're going into a better place with it but i hope so was i mean being filipino was that like i don't know is that 
an aspect of your life that you feel like, I don't know, was because it's a very structured like mm-hmm. expectation yeah. in the culture, right? Yeah. Well, I, I never had the sex talk from from my parents. I still haven't. Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Right. And so it's like just go to school, go to church, do your shit, whatever. And then when you're an adult, you're expected to like have babies. But it's like, how the, how do you have babies? I don't know what to ask. And mm. they're like, Shh, just don't bring it up. Right. Just figure it out later. The stork like, brings okay. the baby. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and exactly. then you learn everything from media. I learned what a virgin was from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I think mine was when the whole Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera thing was happening and they were like, I'm a virgin or, you know, like <laughs> back in the day when the pop princesses had to be so like perfect. That's when I was like, oh, oh, that's a thing. Like when you, uh, I don't know. I, I used to think that you would lose your virginity if you made out with someone because you see the movies like they're making out and then like there's a baby the next scene. It's like, oh, my God, that's how they make babies. <laughs> But life has gone a long way, but it was those Catholic conservative Christian values that really kind of pushed me to realizing that, wow, I I, I ended up doing a bunch of making a bunch of mistakes because I had a rebellious phase. And finally I was like, I'm out. I'm going to do anything and everything and anyone and whatever. I made my mistakes. And I was like, if I just had simple education, I would have saved myself a lot of trouble. Mm hmm. So education, that's all we need. Right. (laughs) Not that hard. (laughs) Okay. And then maybe just a question off the bat. When did you know for you personally, you're like, I am gay. When did you, did you have a moment where you were like, this isn't fitting for me? What, Mm -hmm. how did this all kind of come to be for you? Well, I always kind of knew growing up and, but I didn't know anything about it. I was like, maybe it's just a phase, whatever. Like I would have female teachers and I would like be like, oh, they're pretty and like look down their shirt as they're passing papers. <laughs> but I didn't know anything about it until I got to high school. And then I finally realized, hey, like, I think I'm gay. I like women and it hasn't stopped. And so I like I, th- I was 17, 18 when I came out and I just completely like flipped the switch. I cut my hair. I didn't tell anyone. I went to school. I was like, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And my friends were like, well, we kind of knew that already. I was like, well, <laughs> So how did your family respond to that then? So friends, I feel like, are pretty accepting because they're your friends. And I've had friends come out to me and I'm like, yay. Yay for being you and happy. Well, when I told my parents, they didn't say anything. So that was awkward. (laughs) I was expecting more. I was expecting at least like a negative response. But that kind of scared me. But they're accepting of it now. I think it's just the culture. I mean, I love them. It's it, it's the culture that they love me. And I tell them, you have to love me. I'm your only one. Mm-hmm. Right, so, <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I think it's just the culture that they they didn't know how to react. And they are accepting. They love me. But they, they don't know how to go about it. Like, they don't know how to ask questions and blah, blah, blah. And it's not their fault. It's Again, just it probably they has to do with education, with education. and their upbringing as well. Um, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also religion. Right. That's a big part of it, too. That's a big one. Yeah. So for the listeners, because I'm curious for my own self as well, can you dive into what a sex therapist or coach is like where, you know, give us a little a little deets about this. How did you get into this as well? I'm in school for sex therapy right now, so I'm not a, a licensed sex therapist yet. Got it. I am a sex educator and sex and relationships coach. So I do my coaching uh, and I do my my sex ed. And so um, basically what that entails is I help I help others. I help my clients get through mental roadblocks when it comes to sex and relationships. 
So a lot of the time it's it's trying to get rid of that stigma and then these cog these negative cognitive distortions that have kind of grown throughout the years because we're ingrained as since since childhood like these are your expected gender roles this is how you deal with sex you don't talk about it and th- when you're an adult you should know anything and everything about it but still like don't ask about it cuz that's weird right and don't you talk know? about it with like in public or yeah. with other people don't be vocal about it right exactly so what is the difference then between a licensed sex therapist and a sex coach cuz i know you're working towards being a licensed sex therapist so once you complete your degree then what additional services are you able to offer Mm-hmm. as that role? So therapy and coaching are, are, are very similar. They're same, same, but different. So how I describe it. So um, I took a six month coaching course through Journey, JR and I, shout out to them. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. And they helped me build my framework and, and everything that I could put together when it comes to coaching. But the difference between coaching and therapy is like, therapy is if someone is not at their baseline and they have like an, an, an underlying dysfunction that they need to process in order to get to baseline and function at a baseline level. So I love regular therapy. I've been seeing one for Everyone needs a therapist. Oh my gosh. Let me just put that out there. Please get yourself a therapist. Shout out to my therapist who has got me through 2020. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If 2020 didn't have you seek out a therapist, make it a priority in 2021. Speaking of therapy, We're really excited here at The Selfie Show to be partnered with BetterHelp. I use it. Tori uses it. it it's mm-hmm. great. It's online access to therapy, basically, whether it's through your smartphone, computer, whatever it is, any time of the day, it's access to the help that you need. And I'm a huge advocate for that. Yeah. So the types of counseling they offer you guys are individual counseling, couple counseling, teenage counseling, you name it, they have it for you. Um, they also offer, it's a quick tailored experience. All you do is a quick quiz and they tailor it to whatever you may need. The types of counselors they have um, over at BetterHelp are licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, licensed professionals. Um, you guys, this is an amazing resource for you. It's super easy as far as communication. You can do it from the comfort of your home on the couch. You can exchange messages. You can do a live chat. Video chat. Video chat. um, Video conferencing. Whatever feels comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. I just, in 2021, we're coming off of a tough year and it's starting off. We're still starting off in the middle of this pandemic. So yeah. yeah. And a lot of people are struggling, especially healthcare workers. Yes. A lot of healthcare workers. So we want to use this as a resource for you guys. Um, if you're interested in trying out BetterHelp, you get 10% off your first month when you go to betterhelp.com forward slash selfie. That's betterhelp.com forward slash selfie for 10% off your first month. Love that deal. Love that for us. Love that moment for us. Get your day off. Love get your that therapy. for yourself. Love that for you. Love you. Love you. Betterhelp.com forward slash selfie. Then, yeah, I think a sex therapist is so cool too because. So many people do have underlying, like, even just childhood traumas yeah. and things mm-hmm. that they oh, didn't realize, 100%. or maybe it necessarily isn't, I mean, childhood, but adolescence, as you're going through your sexuality, having your first sexual experiences with men, women, whatever, and figuring that out. And some of those things can even be traumatizing as well. 
Maybe and, speaking to this too, uh, who are your clients? Like who are people that are coming to you? Like what's your, what's your demographic of people that are coming to you? So basically I have a pretty wide demographic of people who are coming to me. Um, men, women. Um, I initially wanted to just work with women, but I, I, I think more and more men are coming to me. And I think it's because, honestly, I think it may be because I, I am a lesbian and they feel safer talking to me. I think that's so good though, because I yeah. think men yeah. need need this yeah. type mm -hmm. of service too, because mm -hmm. I feel like the way that our country and culture raises men to be towards women, towards their sexuality, towards having to always portray this tough male thing and then the male stigma that they get. And it's all bullshit. Yeah. Well, and totally. I also think like, I don't know, if you seem very approachable. I think for men, for some reason, because of how your persona, mm -hmm. maybe it's it's just something that's easily trans it's like it transpires for males easier than yeah. it would be going to like a cute seat like me. Like I feel like I wouldn't be the person necessarily for men to be advising on mm -hmm. sex, right? Like I'm more feminine, but you have more masculine energy. And I think mm -hmm. that's actually probably a really good thing for men. Yeah, I think so too. And and I'm I'm not very like pink and light colors. I'm right. very black and red. Right. Like that's my jam. Yeah, you're, so you're I think very why. different. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Love it. Yeah. But it's so interesting you bring up like men and women and men, yes. Men are taught most men are taught that therapy is a, is a, is it's a sign yeah. of vulnerability and you shouldn't be vulnerable about that. Men shouldn't cry. Exactly. Exactly. But you should feel your emotions. They're telling you something. And I, I feel like the men and women that come to me, they all come to me and they want the same thing. But for the most part, a lot of men are crossing too many boundaries. I, I want this. I want a deep connection, but I keep crossing too many boundaries. How do I stop? Like I'm expected to be like this. But for a lot of women that I see, it's like I, I have trouble setting the boundaries, but I want that connection. So everybody, we're, we're human and we innately want connection with others. But gender roles in society has taught us to, one, not communicate and like expect certain things. And then there's just like nobody's on the same page and that's where all the chaos happens. Right. So. I also don't think boundaries have ever really been taught in our society as well. No. And I think the older <laughs> I've gotten, the more I've learned about boundaries and how yeah. important they are, whether it's professional, with friends, with relationships, with family members. And you kind of don't realize because it's not something that I think that we're really taught or even educated upon as well. So, so many people don't know how to respect other people's boundaries or how to create them for themselves. Mm -hmm. Sex ed and emotions and, and boundaries. I think if we learned that as children, if we made that available to everybody, we can prevent so much from happening out yeah. there. We can prevent like toxic relationships. We can prevent narcissists yeah. from reaching power out there. But if we learn to talk about our emotions and boundaries and learn how to listen to each other and learn some sex ed too, I think that can change a lot of society. Yeah, that's so healthy. Like communication boundaries and then a good orgasm. Oh how God, much totally. would oh this world yes. be? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can we talk about that too? Okay. So I was listening to um, her. It's Sex with Emily, mm -hmm. this podcast, mm -hmm. Dr. Emily. And she, her statement was, and I feel like this is a big motto is you are in charge of your own orgasm mm -hmm. and yes. you are responsible for it. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Absolutely. <laughs> You're in charge of your own orgasm. The tricky part is for a lot of us, we were taught 
it's bad to touch yourself. It's bad to orgasm. And so we have this association. If I touch myself, oh my God, like I'm, I'm kind of guilty. So yes, in a sense, we, we are in charge of our orgasms, but we have to, for a lot of us, we have to take off that, take off that, those, the, the blinders and take off these mental roadblocks. And then we could slowly learn and experiment and play around. I think it even has to do with communication too. Yeah, because totally. I think we're so taught even like as a straight women that it's dependent upon a guy for you to achieve yes, orgasm, which totally. is so not true. And they're not mind readers to know even what you like if you don't tell them. Yeah. And, and I, only about 20, 20% of women can achieve orgasm from penetration alone. And that's what a lot of people think that, oh, that's how you come. It's just go in and out, in and out. No, uh uh-uh. Most women need a form of clitoral stimulation. And if you look at the anatomy of a penis and the anatomy of of the clitoris, they're pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. The structures are homologous and they're made of the same tissues. Mm -hmm. And so think of like the clitoris as as kind of like the head of the, the penis. Right? Which is the most sensitive with yes. the most nerve endings. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. for a man, like it it that feels pleasurable, like touching that area. And for women too, because it's made of the same tissues. And but most most people think that, oh, I should just be able to come from from penetration. Mm-hmm. But the structures there, like if you if you I well, this is a podcast, you can't see the structure of the clitoris, but if you just look it up, the structure <laughs> of the, the clitoris, which sadly, the the first 3D model of that. Full clitoris was actually made in 2013. I'm like, that was just seven years ago. But if you look at where the clitoris has kind of wings, right? It looks, it's very, it's wishbone shaped. And then towards the edge of the, the end of the wishbone is like the vaginal opening. The wings go around that. I mean, we place enough catheters that we- We would know. Yeah, 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 you would know. But um, so the the vaginal opening is like in between the wings of, of the clitoris and- so the penetration actually, when you're going in and out, it, it's hitting that edge of the clitoris, and which is homologous to kind of where the base of a man's penis would be. What What do you think are the top mistakes um, that men or women make in assumptions of sex? Or like, you know, what are the things that you see that are maybe along the lines of like, mm, that's not so great for your sex life, you know what I mean? Or your own, knowing your own Anatomy. Anatomy, mm-hmm. you know, or just what you like and what you don't like. Uh, the top mistakes, communication. Communication is the biggest thing. People are like, I want this, but but how and where and why? And like people have trouble communicating. People are like, I want this, but then how are you going to get there? How are you going to talk to a partner about this? Like you, what are your safe words? What's this? What's that? I think even the courage to just tell someone what you do want is even the first step before even then being able to get into the hows. Yes. Because I can say I spent my whole life like ever being able to really be a, I was afraid to speak up and say, this is what feels good to me. This is what I need. And I would just sit there in my head and be like, why don't you know that? And then it's like, Sam, they're not mind readers. You have to be able to say, and now I'm just like, all right, that's been fun, but I'm going to get on top now because that's what I like. And that feels the best. So my turn. And now it's like, I'm 35 and this week. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. But I'm like, I don't just, I don't give a fuck anymore. Now I finally feel empowered to like, just speak up and say like, all right, stop that. Not working for me. Like, no, but this 
is what does work for me. So do this. And I've never had anyone like be offended or like not. They're like more like, I actually want you to be pleased. So I'd rather know. So I think it's always like actually appreciated that I spoke up. But before I was always afraid to actually speak up. Yeah. So like, let's say someone does want to do that. Like, let's say they want to add something to the bedroom or like they want to, you know, spice it up somehow or try something like how do you how do you suggest someone start doing that? Well, I would suggest, you know, having a conversation with your partner, but a lot of people think like, oh, this is going to be a difficult conversation. It's going to be so, uh, so awkward and uncomfortable. I don't like it when you do this, blah, 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 blah. But I think you can use that opportunity to make it sexy as a form of foreplay. You could be just focusing a lot on the positives like, oh, I was having this fantasy and uh, and I was thinking of this. I love it when you touch me here. I love it when you whisper in my ear and talk dirty to me. I love it when you stroke my inner thigh before you eat me out and stuff like that. Mm. Talking about that, making it sexy. I love it when you do this. And that's going to get into your partner's brain and be like, okay, this is what they like. Instead oh, of being like, I don't like this. I don't like that. You did that yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's good advice. What like, do you think about like even sexting yeah. and all that? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, that's I'm not going to lie. Best. That's something that Jacob and I do. Like, okay, so because we are very independent my, and it's funny because like every now and then I'll go up to my parents' house and stay for a night or, you know, go ride, you know, go to the ranch. And it's funny because like every now and then, you know, you sneak in a little sexy picture and it kind of yeah. keeps it spicy. It's mm-hmm. fun. Sexy photos. Yeah. The people at my gym like to play Russian roulette with my phone. They still- <laughs> 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 my powerlifting coach calls it. Samantha Roulette, where she does this thing where she opens up my photo album and she just oh, closes her eyes the, and scrolls and then stops to the, see. And it took her two <laughs> tries to land on a nude. And I was like, yes. wow, that oh, yeah. was that was a short-lived game. And I was, yeah. You can make like, a my folder. Is you can like, make a folder yeah. for that. <laughs> I know. I should be better organized and separate them. Okay, let's say um you know, a couple, they want to spice it up a little bit. Like what are three tips that you could give them to like start that process? Ooh. <laughs> communicate. Okay, I Learn how to communicate in, you can make it sexy. You could like what I was saying earlier. I really love it when this, this turns me on, this gets me soaking wet or this gets me so hard when you do this and blah, blah, blah. Learn to communicate. That's one. Number two, learn to listen. This is a big thing. No, that's a big, that's huge. Because a lot of the time people take things personally and it's not, it's, it's not, it's, it's not their fault. Like they didn't know, you know, but a lot of the time people, that's our first reaction. We take things personally. Oh, um, it, maybe in, instead of this, can we try this? And then to, to a lot of people, it's like, oh my God, I'm bad. I did something wrong. I'm bad. You're calling Mm -hmm. me bad. I think that's so, um, like ingrained in us too, to be defensive mm-hmm. and take things personally too. And I feel like I used to be like that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. I yeah. think listening is huge yeah. and not taking, I, yeah. I mean, I, listening, that's a big one that I feel like I had to work on. I, Tori and I are talkers. Hello. We have a podcast. Yeah. Listening has always been a struggle for me. Like shut up and listen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then in, in, if so, if defensiveness is your first thing, one kind of cure for that is, is just being curious. If your partner is coming to you with, Oh, I like it when you do this. And instead of this, can we try this? Instead of being defensive, mm-hmm. instead of being like, oh my God, I did something bad. Be curious. Oh, what about it? Or what, what makes you feel better? 
what would you prefer? Asking questions ah, back. The follow-up. The follow-up. And that's what can kind of take you away from that defensiveness standpoint. So learning to express your wants, needs, desires. That's number one. Number two, learning to actively listen and turn off, take off that defensiveness hat and then be curious. Like I think that you builds trust too. Yes, exactly. Now it shows that you care yeah. and you're like following up. So now they're feeling like, oh, they care. I can open up more to this person and tell them because they're actually showing interest and care. And now you're just building even a stronger bond and then you can go get it on. Yeah. But I love this episode. I feel like we're going to walk away better from this, Tori. And number three, well, yeah, number three is play. I almost forgot number three. Yeah, fun. Play, play. And uh, sex is kind of like, if you, if you look at kids and how they play on the playground, they're astronauts one minute. Five minutes later, they're dinosaurs. Or maybe they're like dinosaur astronauts. Like they're, they're, in, they're, in, they're in their own world. They're, they're just in the moment. They're having fun. And then when they're done playing on the playground, they go back home. It's like it's back to reality. And that's kind of what sex is like. It's, it's play for adults. And remaining playful and being curious, I think that's that's my number three right there. So Having let, fun with it. Let's say a couple, okay, is, you know, they get used to their missionary style. You know, mm-hmm. this is just like what they do and it's getting a little stale. It's a little dry. What would you suggest to them to like get, spice it up a little bit? Like where would they start, do you think? So just mixing it up. Sometimes for some people, it could just be something like changing the setting. So the bedroom, like go in the kitchen, mm. like go mm. in the bathroom. I feel like in your the shower. Seen some action, Tori. Oh, mm. <laughs> I mean, I like eat full meals in your kitchen, but now that I think about it, I'm like that kitchen. Be careful where you eat. Kitchen. It's a pretty big kitchen. Yeah, there's a lot of space there. Like yeah. it just dawned on me right now. I'm like, yep. Oh. There's a lot of like angles and like tables and chairs. So I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Getting. I mean, I do feel like that's a big piece for me. It's like changing it up. It does help. It does yes. help location for sure. Or getting a little risky, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Risk kind of enhances the excitement and the anticipation. But mixing it up in sometimes even small ways, like, again, changing the setting or having a conversation about, you know, different things. Um, watching porn together. Mm. Doing something different together. For, for, some, for some people, it could be just a small change. For other people, like... It could be a big change, like, oh, let's try kink and BDSM, but like before going into that, you know, be aware of consent and boundaries and blah, blah, blah. Like, look it up, do a little bit of research, but that's the biggest thing, just keeping it novel, changing something. Can I just say missionary does not have to be stale or boring either. That's true. Some of the best, like, yeah, that can be like ominously almost my favorite position, but it's like, it gets such a bad rap as being boring. That's true. But it's like literally so many little tweaks to that and it's actually like my favorite mm-hmm. you can i mean change that and put like a pillow under your butt you can change the exactly. angle like where's your leg placement where's their hand placement like what's going on and then wh- what else are they like adding to like the clitoral stimulation like all that so i feel like it gets a bad rap but that can literally be one of the most fun totally spicy situations and where you're at mentally yeah, yeah you totally. know i think that's a big because I feel like even with that, there gets to be this like moment of like intense eye contact if you're like really actually connecting like that. And like you are like, I don't know, that to me can be such an intimate position. So I'm like, 
people are always like missionaries. I'm like, yeah, if you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it gets a bad rap. Wait, let's talk porn. I want to go there. Yeah, you mentioned porn. Okay, because I, I, okay, so I I think this. this is the thing. All right. I feel like porn, I, I understand from the women's perspective of like the negative, but I don't know why I've never been threatened by porn for some reason in my head. Like, you know, I, first of all, if that's what you want to do, great sex, all power to women, if that's what you want to do. But I also feel like I'm not stupid to the fact that I would think that my husband is going to be watching porn. I've never caught him watching porn, but for some reason it's never like an issue, but thinking like adding it to the bedroom, how would you even, we've never done that, but I feel like I wouldn't be opposed to it. I don't know. But like, how do you even start with that? Well, porn, (laughs) I love porn. It's complex, right? Like it's it's a big, it's a complex topic. I mean, yeah. Um, I love porn because in college at UCSB, I went to UC Santa Barbara, go gauchos. I took this feminist porn studies class. and, And at the time it was like the only class like that in the nation. And basically we watched porn every class and wrote papers on it. And Professor Constance Penley, she was our, she was our professor and she would just put porn on the screen and we'd watch it. And then, you know, the first, the, our first class, we watched Deep Throat, which is a classic seventies porno. And we were all just kind of like, oh my God, like uncomfortable. Everybody's ruffling in their seats. Like everyone's unzipping their bags. I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom. Awkward. And like by the second week, we're all just kind of like writing on our notes. Like, okay, this lesbian porn scene. Okay. This, this actress has heels on. This is why Joe, the plumber finished her off. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. And so we watch all types of porn. I feel like there's no porn out there that kind of faces me anymore. Mm -hmm. But the issue for a lot of people comes with how, um, well, one, we don't have a lot of sex ed in this country, comprehensive, medically accurate sex ed. So where are people going to turn to? They're going to look at porn. And a lot of the mainstream porn out there was written in the in the male gaze, even lesbian porn. I can't watch mainstream lesbian porn. Yeah, because like, that's not real lesbian sex. That's what, what is going to get a straight male off. Exactly. Right. Not yes. what is actually yeah. good for I would lesbians. say In my head, pornography is very much male driven and Mm -hmm. very much like almost like a power. There's a power complex Mm -hmm. to it that I think is a turn off for women. It could be a turn on, but it could also be a big turn off. There is this rise of ethical porn and feminist pornography where there's a plot, there's a storyline, there's people talking to each other. The focus isn't just on the money shot. You know, the actors and actresses actually... And talk, they talk to each other beforehand. They're just not just like put in a scene. Here pre-game or pre, you know, like. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. I think what that's like more of a draw for me for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also it's interesting just our country's outlook and society's like take on porn. So I went to Amsterdam in my 20s with my best friend and we went to like a live sex show in Amsterdam and there was literally like an auditorium a stage on there that was a revolving stage. And we saw like multiple sex scenes of male on female, female, female with no male involved, like all these different variations. And we ate food and ordered drinks while we just sat in this auditorium and watched this live sex show. And we were like, Amsterdam's pretty cool. (laughs) And it wasn't like anything. And I mean, sex is legalized there or prostitution. I don't even know. I don't well, know. it's interesting too. Like there. for some reason that brought in my head, I'm like, that to me is almost the difference between like you have like 
strippers and, you know, strip clubs, but I'm more attracted to like burlesque, right? Like I like more of the, I don't know, like the sensualness. Like the tease. Yeah. Versus just like outward sex. Like to me, that's like, I love femininity. Like I, I mean, I can, I can appreciate a beautiful woman and I just feel like that's kind of, you know, the difference between like how people think of porn. It's like, you think so harshly of it. It's just Mm -hmm. like, that is, I would rather see, I would rather like see the sensualness of it. Well, how do you feel like as like adolescent males starting to watch porn and they haven't really had their own sexual experiences yet that that does to them as far as not having good sex, sex education in the school system or even from their own families. And then they're learning it from mainstream porn that isn't realistic. And now they're going into their first sexual experiences as they age, not having the good education and really just getting it from mainstream porn. Mm -hmm. I, well, talking to a lot of my male friends, they're like, well, when I was a teen, I would look up porn and I just going into my first sexual experiences, I just kind of expected pound, 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 blah, 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 foreplays, whatever. I think a lot of people forget foreplay is also sex. Sex is not just penetration. Foreplay is also sex. Yeah, just the terminology. It's like, yeah. Because I've heard people say like lesbians can't have sex. And I'm like, is sex to you only penetration? Because that's not true. And then the whole Bill Clinton thing, like oral sex is sex. 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 That is sex. It is sex. I think it's almost more intimate than like, just vaginal penetration. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. It's not, sex is not just penetration. Sex is, is the quote unquote foreplay too. foreplay is sex. It's all sex. Right. Normalize that. Say that one more time. Like, so I'm curious, like in your thought process, cause I, you know, I know there's like big movements right now. What in your ideal, in your ideal situation, what is good sex education? Like where do we even start? How do you teach it the right way? At what age? Comprehensive, medically accurate sex ed. And I love that as healthcare provider that you said medically accurate because people are so uninformed. And it's it's sad. Only 15, so one five out of 50 states in the U.S. require the sex ed that is taught to be medically accurate. Well, I have to say, I feel like Tori's actually been a, always very open about talking about sex and has even like that within your family. Yeah. Like, and I don't. So here's a like funny backstory, guys. I went to Tori's bridal shower. Whose house was that at? It was at one of my best friends. Okay. Yeah. But it was like a very family oriented bridal shower. So Tori's there. Jacob's mom is there. Tori's like grandma is there. Like all these people. And we're playing like the bridal shower games. One of the questions we had like a thing of, answering like, what is Jake going to say? And so, and then he would like give his answer. And it was like, what is Jacob's favorite sexual position? Oh yeah. And then Tori answered. <laughs> and then Jacob answered doggy style. Was it doggy style? Pretty sure yeah. Doggy style. He, yes. And I was sitting there next to one of our other friends that I drove with to the baby shower. And I was like. Also reverse Jacob? cowgirl. That's yes. another one that we like. Right there. I was mortified because yeah. I could never like. I feel like in my personal life and, you know, my, that's always been, it's funny because my mom and dad were never sexual, like, but my cousins, my brother, like we all just, it was normal. Like we talk about sex, like it is what it is. Like, I don't know. We've always been very open about it. Like don't talk about a thing. And when I saw that at your bridal shower, I was like, how did she just talk about her favorite sex position in front of my mom mom and his mom? And I am like dying inside. Like I could never. Yeah. 
And then it's just, that was like, everyone's carrying on. And I was like, oh my God, it's just, that's how I was raised. But I do think it's cool that in your family, you guys are able to just so like, be a little free. It's not totally over the top or anything about it, but it's I love not that aspect. so taboo. And in my family still to this day, like never, even when someone gets pregnant, it's like, yay, they were immaculately conceived. Is that even the word? Whatever. Virgin Mary, like, yay, you're pregnant, but no one talks about like you had to straight fuck to get there. Yeah. I don't know. In my upbringing, I have kind of like, kind of like you, but it was a little different. So I did grow, I went to all girl Catholic high school. Um, I've been, I would consider myself a very sexual person from day one. Like that's just how I always was. And, um, for some reason in our family, like talking about it, it's, it's, totally fine. We don't have any, there's no barriers to it. Like we have fun. Like we talk about it. It's fun. Like I like the fluid talk where it's not, it's, we don't make it a big deal. Like it's mm -hmm. just yeah, part of our lives normal. and you, it is normal. And I do understand like I, you know, acknowledging the people who really feel like we don't want to be teaching kids too early or over-sexualizing sex in the way of you know, then it gets you into hot water. I think in my family and what I like about it is it's just, it is what it is. And we don't make it something that's overly weird or, mm -hmm. you know, my parents, my mom and dad are a little different, but I do feel like the kids in our family are very open. And I think we all, you know, it's more normal. And that's to me, like, I don't know why it has to be such a stigma around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that That's how you desexualize sex right. is you normalize it right and and you you just normalize it by talking about it like it, it by not making a big deal out of it because everyone has it or we wouldn't be here we physically would not be on earth like our parents had sex, sex as, sorry to put that in your brain like sorry, guys. Ah. Ah. but our parents had sex to get here like we wouldn't and be your grandparents. here without, yeah, that's yeah, a weird yeah. Right? yeah. Weird. yeah. <laughs> yeah. but we wouldn't be here without sex right. and it just normal and i think what you even said like medically accurate because it is a hot topic and I don't have kids, so I can't really even, I don't think it, I can really weigh in on when is appropriate age to introduce it. But I think that it's not, again, so much about starting right off the bat with like doggy style. Like you're not making that jump when they're young, but it is just starting off with vocabulary and using the correct terms. And then as they get older, you can talk about more and things progress, but even or just even starting like, with okay, you like this boy, let's talk about it. Yeah. Like I think that's like having open conversations. Like I hope there's a couple that I listen to. Um, she has a podcast called uh, Wake Up with Wesley, and she they had kids really young, around 19, and so she's our age, but her kids are like middle age or like middle school age right now, and it's interesting listening to her and how her husband and how they handle it and. She's going through the phase of like my daughter starting to like boys and it's just really fun for me to listen to her because I feel like she's just very open about it and they talk about it as a family and she's like, we don't make it a big thing, but you know, we kind of, we do, we say like, if you're going to, if and when you're ready to do that, it, have it with someone that you really, you love or you like, or, you know, you just kind of understand your body and what your boundaries are. And they started that conversation with her at like 13, like young, you know, 12, 13. And it starts just becoming like, okay, this is, you know, the next phase of my life and I'm, it's normal. And like, we're how you know, and you're learning about your body and kind of all that things, but I think having those conversations, having those conversations is younger though helps them 
establish better connections and intimacy with their partners when they do have it. Though. Exactly. The sex talk shouldn't have, it doesn't need to be one big talk when yeah. you corner them. Like, okay, let's sit down. It's time for the talk. Yeah. It should always That's just be stressful. like a fluid. It should be little pieces here and yeah. there. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It's not that fucking hard. Just little pieces here and there. And normalize it. Like <laughs> normalize you said, it, it shouldn't, it's not ever going to feel weird if it's just exactly. normal talking about sex as part of a normal life. Mm-hmm. Is having sex on the first date a wrong move? No. If the vibe is there, go for it. If the vibe is there, go for it. Yeah, why is that such a thing? Because now I'm single and then some people are like, well, if you really like this one, you should wait three dates or wait this time. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. why? Why? If the vibe is there, the vibe is there. Go for it. If both people. Wait, okay. Can I give you the other thought? So my thought on that is, let's say you have a date, it's really hot and heavy. But men, once they got something, then they're like over it. Why buy the cow if you can get the milk for like free? Like the chase. Like, let's talk about the chase. Like, I love the chase personally. I actually think like holding out is fun because it's like, okay, then you got to work a little. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like that concept of it's still a chase and like you're still, I don't know. Yeah. I think for the most part, you can kind of gauge from interactions from, you know, prior to that first date, you can gauge slightly to see where the other person is at. Mm -hmm. And it also depends on your goals too. If you want to play the chase, play the chase. If you want to get your, if you want to just get it, go get it. And the vibe is there, go get it. But you, I think you can accurately kind of gauge beforehand where the other person may be at. And it, and depending on your goals after that first date, or during that first date, then you can kind of go accordingly. Like if you sense that they might just ghost you after that mm. first date mm-hmm. and that's not what you want, then- How are you going to ghost all this? Right? <laughs> Top-notch stuff over here. How do you feel about the like double standard of women though? Like, Give us tips oh, yeah. from Tori on that. Um, I feel like for me, I'm like the most- Feminist, anti-feminist. Like, I don't see, feel like I'm a feminist, but I very much act in the feminist way. Double standards towards women, 100%. Like, I just feel like that's definitely out there. I also feel like there's a piece of women where, like, I want to empower women to be, like, to own their self-awareness and their dating and your sex life. Like, I'm very much a, an advocate for, like, own your orgasm and get to know your body and, you know get into like where are you at with dating and you know I you're think always it's like, asking me for my dating update yeah like, like you're always like very much like yes girl yes get it, girl. get it get it um but I also think it's a little piece of like you know if you want if you're looking for a man I think there's a little piece of self-awareness where it's like not every man it's good to sleep with on the first date I don't think that's like not every you know what I'm saying yeah. like I think there's like having your self-awareness of like this is not good for me or you know I don't think there's a one size fits all for everybody. If I've like waited and had it go nowhere. I've not waited and had it go places. I've not waited and ghosted. I'm yeah. a ghoster and a ghosty. Right. A lot of it I'm is, not proud of that. A lot of it is trial and error. Yeah. So like, let's let the expert weigh in. Like, yeah. Sex on the first date, double standard with women. Like, educate us. Yeah. Right? This is your job. <laughs> this is right. This is my job this as a sex educator. <laughs> so I guess we could start with a double standard on on women. And I think with women's sexuality, it's, it's only allowed and appreciated when certain people 
tell you. So I, I think a lot of it is like, we are overly sexualized in media, but then a, a lot of people are like, okay, if if this woman goes out and is sexually empowered, they're, they're a fucking slut. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. they're, they're loose and like, how are they ever going to get a man and blah, blah, blah. And all, that all kind of stems from the patriarchy. A lot of men who are yeah. like, this is how I want women's sexuality to be. I when, want you to be a slut in the bedroom, but yes. only when I tell you, you can exactly. be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But when we're outside, you have to be a virgin. You have to be a saint because that's what, but you can only do that in the bedroom. When I want you to, when I want to sexualize you, then, then that's when. I even when. think with social media and like, okay, I love a booty shot. Like, I like to dress mm -hmm. how I dress. I don't care. I get told that I'm too old to dress the way I dress. I don't care. If I look good and I'm feeling myself, you're going to get all the ass and titty shots that I feel like I want to post. Yeah. But I see the flip side where, so I follow this account called You Look Like a Man. I know mm -hmm. you follow them. Yes. And it really highlights how before. women are treated on social media. And it's kind of mind-blowing. Go follow the page. I'll, we'll put it in show notes. But it's absurd to see the things that men think is okay to say to women. And you really like, it's like they want it both ways. So if you are just posting like an innocent workout thing, you kind of get like bashed almost for like being like too sexy. Or if I post a sexy thing, it's like, oh, well, you're like, you can't have it both ways of like, you want to be respected, but then you post sexual stuff and it, because why not? You weren't sexy when I told you to yes. be sexy. It's that. You were it's sexy like if I outside it. of my boundaries. Yeah. Like, how could you do that? Like, that's how they look at it. Cheating. Cheating. You want to get into that. Okay. And then even just monogamy in general yeah. in our society. Totally. Yeah, well, let's go I, there. Monogamy. I, I, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Because, you know, we talked about this. Like, I, um, I mean, I love the institution of marriage. I do like the tradition of it. I love being married to Jacob, but I can see where- I love being your and Jacob's <laughs> third child. <laughs> I love my, I mean, I'm very happy in my marriage. I love that. But I also can appreciate fluid relationships. Like I actually feel like there are people out there that, you know, just want to have a fluid relationship. They don't believe in the institution or, you know, having one mate. For life. For life. Yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I, I got to double check my numbers, but I believe it's about 5% of animal species that are just strictly monogamous. Um, humans, not so much that with the Institute of marriage. Yes. Like we're expected to be monogamous. Right. Is it natural? Not necessarily. Sex at Dawn is a really good book. If you want to read about non-monogamy and all of that. Yeah. But when it comes to love and like finding relationships, then yeah, there is kind of that unwritten contract, you know, like we should stay together. But if if you can explore others, if you want to be open, that's fine too. As long as everybody involved knows what's going Communication. on. Communication. Communication yeah. is a big thing. And honesty. But it's kind yes. of a choice, like you've entered marriage and you're saying I'm making the choice to commits you for life and being monogamous. If ever one day people want to spice things up and add a third and do all their, like that's their business and that's between them and their communication. But in general, mm -hmm. you're kind of making the conscious decision to say whether it's natural for humans to be monogamous or not, we are making that conscious choice and decision to stay monogamous and faithful to each other. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting yes. too, because in our family, the dynamic 
So we have, um, I would say, a couple of family members who will never get married, have had several relationships or have fluid relationships. And I don't know if that's something to say about my family, but um, but yeah, it's just kind of embraced. And like, it's always just been that way in my family. And like, I never really thought about it. But, you know, like I love the institution of marriage, but I do feel like it. we embrace it in our family. Like it is what mm-hmm. it is. Like, my Do uncle- you think biologically we're meant to be monogamous? I do not think we're naturally monogamous. That's but, a conscious choice yes. you're making. Yes. I don't think we're naturally monogamous, but that does not give someone, it does not give someone an, ex- an excuse to cheat. It does not give someone right. an excuse to be a shitty person to their partner. Right. Because there are certain expectations when it comes to marriage too. If right. you're going to commit to someone, then you should both be on the same page about certain things. So do I think we're naturally monogamous? No. But again, that's not an excuse to be a shitty partner. So if we're, because I kind of agree that monogamy maybe isn't always, because you're not going to ever stop feeling like maybe attracted, attracted to, to someone, someone else. Right. Else. Yeah. Just because you, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you love your partner, but you're saying I'm committed and I've made that conscious choice. So even though I do feel attraction towards this person or maybe even a connection to someone else, I'm choosing not to act upon it because I have made this conscious choice to be monogamous. We have this trust built up in each other. We deeply love, care, and respect for each other. So again, I think it goes to your point of saying, doesn't give you an excuse to be a shitty partner or a shitty person. And then I get kind of conflicted because I'm like, in some way, I don't feel like we're necessarily biologically meant to be monogamous. But then we also innately have these like jealous feelings. Totally. Like, too. Yeah. So it's like, if you saw some hot, Mm-hmm. chick talking to Jacob that has happened. and maybe he got I mean he's a very good looking guy mm-hmm. so I could see where females would like hit on him and some girls are pretty bold in their way and I feel like sometimes even when they know someone's married they like to push boundaries too there's some like women like that and so I'm just like if you saw some girl like super hot titties out like looking good you know like oh that's Jake's type and she was talking to him and she like even like put her hand on his back like would that not just instigate that like did I tell you about that situation that not at all ever I'm just saying like I know I've been in relationships where I don't go through your partner's text messages you should not it's like well no no no. time out I actually disagree Jacob and I have open everything but I think you've talked about it I think if it's not I don't think you should go snooping against yeah yeah yeah. there's a difference between snooping and being open yeah. yeah if you share passwords and you're open I think that's a great relationship like communication and trust you've built I don't think that you should snoop without letting your significant other know. But I did that once with my ex and I saw his coworker that was a female texted him and said, oh, I saved you cookies in the break room. And I just felt this rage. And I'm like, what bitch is saving you cookies? Like if you want a cookie, you can get a cookie from me. But it's like, you feel that like initial jealousy. So I'm like, in one hand, I don't think that we're naturally biologically monogamous. But again, when you have your partner, you're going to feel jealousy over the slightest stupidest thing sometimes tell your story because so we because we similarly to what okay so I think the difference between that is you physically didn't see or you feel like it's happening behind your back or not something that you're aware of the situation that happened to us we were at dinner and um Jacob and I were I think it was just the two of us or maybe someone else this girl comes up wraps her arm around him and she starts, she's very drunk. 
and starts like flirting with him. And she obviously she knew him from this was like a high school girl, right? Okay, so it was like a didn't long time know ago. me, had no idea he was even married. Like she was clearly like you know, and had no idea that I was even. Well, at least in her defense, then she wasn't disrespecting no. your relationship by like because some people will flirt knowing people are involved, and that's just. But shitty. it was okay. So this was happening right in front of me. Right, Did you feel like heat yes building. but almost it kind of attracted to me to him more oh because yes. I was like okay Let's honestly I was like oh like someone else okay so yes I was irritated with her I was kind of like what the fuck like I'm obviously sitting right here da, 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 da. but then like that night we actually had really freaking good sex because I was like oh like my man you're wanted yeah, yeah I don't know it was like hot it was kind of like weird and once she figured out we were, he was married she was like oh, da, 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 da. But it was kind of one of those things where I was like, hmm, okay. But did you feel like a natural jealousy? Yeah, I do think that definitely is something. Or like if he kind of what appeared to flirt back. I think I get more jealous knowing if I'm not there. Like if I'm not there and you're flirting with someone, that's when I would be pissed. If it's in front of me and then for some, like, you know, he's not, he doesn't engage back. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's that, I don't know. Hypothetically, because I love Jacob and he's an honorable man but if he like flirty, hypothetically though. like was flirty back to her would you have felt jealous yes yeah and so that's what yeah. i think is just like an interesting dynamic of monogamy yeah but then also feeling jealous you get a little pain over your partner for sure yeah jealousy is an interesting yeah emo- Wait, emotion now, i love that we have an expert here because <laughs> Tori and i can talk about this shit all day but yeah. then we're like all right what are our opinions like let's hear from the real deal Jealousy is is an interesting emotion. It's natural. It's natural to feel jealous if you know a partner of yours is being sought after by someone else. You're 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 mate guarding. You're protecting. You want to protect the connection that you both have. So jealousy is a natural emotion. Some people get a little more jealous than others, and and in like in your instance, that can be used too. Mm-hmm. You're, you're slightly jealous. But then afterwards, he comes back to you and mm-hmm. then you have super hot sex. That's reinforcing how strong his bond is with you and how strong your bond is together. So sometimes that can actually be used to like spice things up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if people are too jealous and like, yeah, you know, there there is a limit. It's like yeah. you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. And I you can't have friends. That like, just wouldn't that work. Well, and that's where like some toxic relationships build is Absolutely. like an unhealthy jealousy. Yes. That for sure. And I had that with like one ex yeah. who would accuse me of cheating when I wasn't cheating and all these things because mainly had a big problem with my social media. And I had my social media before that. And that would, I am who I am him. on there. But because I'm doing that, it was like, oh, well, you're attention seeking. I'm like, well, Again, maybe. Sure, you, you, you're not sexy when I want you to be. Yeah, or maybe you're being sexy for insecure. other people. Yeah. All right, let's talk about your, your program that's coming out. Oh, yes. yes. Let's talk about Yes, that. my Sexy Sex Ed course. I'm yes. very excited about it. Okay, let's yes. talk. Well, Sexy Sex Ed, it is, a, it is my five-week course that I am launching January 13th. So enrollment is open. Yay. And they have a limited amount of seats. So Sexy Sex Ed, five weeks. It's two hours every Wednesday evening, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, 5.30 to 7.30. So it's lecture, and then it's also my... Uh, educators as well my guest educators coming on as well it is comprehensive it's medically accurate 
it's unfiltered, unabashed. And we, I'm not going to show you that birth video where like the yeah. first thing you see is this baby coming out of the woman's vagina. vagina. Yeah. I'm not going to oh. show you like, you're not going to put a banana, warts. a condom on a banana. No, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll put on a dildo, maybe. not a banana. Yeah, there you go. But there yeah, you go. let's be anatomically. <laughs> let's be, let's do like the anyway. real dildo with like the veins on it. <laughs> right. Like, let's keep it real. <laughs> Got a few of those. But people do need to learn how to put on condoms. People do. Right. But on a check the, Number one, check the expiration date. Shit. Oh, see? There you go. There's an expiration we date on them. know that. Yes. Unless you're having it that much, but then you should know how to put them on. So we're going over anatomy, physiology, STIs, contraception, you know, birth control, safer sex practices. We're going over relationships, troublesome relationships, what to look out for, a little bit of trauma, like big consent stuff. Um, kink and BDSM. Mm. Yes. Non unconventional relationships like open relationships and polyamory and all of that stuff. So it's a lot awesome. to yeah. fit into five weeks. So you can enroll. Um, I have a link on my Instagram. Okay. Uh, it's an, an Eventbrite link. So if you go on my Instagram, my Instagram is at underscore sex and squats. And we'll link it in the show notes too. Yeah, we'll link you, you guys. Yeah. Yep. And on my website too. Website. Sex That's the best place to find org. you. Instagram. Yes, yeah. Instagram, the IG. All right, Tori, and where can you find us? All right, you guys. So you can find us on our Instagram. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all of our episodes on www.selfiepodcast.com. Merch, you guys. Our merch is live. You guys know. It's so cute. Oh, I love say it every off. time. But off I wear it clock. every day. Yes. My, my She's literally in hat. her hat right now in the pink hat. Yes. Off the clock. I live in off the clock hat. You really do. Um, also, can we make? We're gonna make a little announcement about this. <laughs> so Sam and I officially have a new mask. Yes, it's really cool. Really cool. So we can, we both wanted to honor the moment of getting our vaccines. So we officially have a vaccinated AF <laughs> mask for you guys. Because even though you're vaccinated, you should still wear your mask. Yes. And we're just so funny. I know. Vaccinated AF. I kind of love it. So if you guys want to check that out, um, we did a collab with Brave Gowns. We're really excited about it. So if you guys want to head over, they're $12 a piece. We have, we're doing uh, one color. It's a black mask with some really cute pink and white writing. We just, we had really fun, a lot of fun with the design, you know, so definitely head over to check this out. We'll link it also in the show notes. Um, we'll put it on the website, so we'll make it nice and accessible for you guys. Um, make sure you guys rate and review. Subscribe and download. Subscribe. Download. You guys know when you do, we'll be sending over a swag bag, so make sure you put your Insta handle in the review. Um, Sam and I want to make a quick announcement about this because it came up a couple times for us. Um, so we both work full time. Well, not full time, but we both have two jobs, right? And so we're doing the podcast. We both work at the bedside. We both have so three jobs. Lots of <laughs> lots of things going on. So please bear with us when we do the swag bags because it's um, we've, not going to come like a week after your review. Yeah. So the the point being, we've had a couple people like kind of get a little testy with us in the DMs and be like, where's our swag? We did it. I just want to make this as a statement. Like we are doing this. We are running this. Um, and we both have, you know, obviously our jobs going on. So trust me, we will get to you. And if something gets missed, like you can definitely let us know. But Please bear with us. And we appreciate the support so much. Yeah. And then we just appreciate your patience as we yeah. work hard to get them out to you. Yeah. Like we promise it will get to you. The other thing too is like through the holidays, I know things got backed up. So I'm sorry to all I know, you guys. I'm, like 
Christmas presents I ordered still aren't even haven't arrived. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where they are. Yeah, shipping January. times are crazy. Same thing with the merch. Um, just bear with us because shipping times. Obviously, COVID has affected everything, and therefore people are you know our sourcing gets slow sometimes. But we just want to let you guys know we do really we appreciate every single one of you. We love the reviews. We love reading them. I know they warm my heart. They Thank do. you guys for accepting me. Yeah, onto the show. No, it makes we me really we both warm and love fuzzy. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we want to say thank you for leaving the reviews. Um, bear with us, but we love you guys. Where can they find us on Insta? So I am Hey Samantha with two A's. And I am Nurse Tori. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. And kicking off the sexy new year with us. And just stay tuned. We have a lot of cool stuff coming. Oh, my so. gosh. There's some really good stuff up ahead. So woo, woo. see you guys next week. <laughs>